You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to our final Ashes show from the second test of laws, where the teams finally shook hands on a draw after a five-day rumble in the rain. In the end, neither team was able to force a result, although for much of the final afternoon, with Joffre Archer in full cry and the old place going berserk, the hosts had dared to dream of an unlikely victory. Australia eventually scarpered off the puck six wickets down and been given an almighty scare. England will be feeling considerably more chipper about their chances than they did after day one of this one. This series is alive, Joffre is real. And we all go again at Headingley in a few days' time. This is the Wisdom Daily Ashes podcast in partnership with Travel Bag, creating holidays packed full of memories since 1979. I'm not Yazran, I'm Tara Hashim. <laughs> and I'm joined by Phil Walker, editor-in-chief of Wisdom Cricket Monthly, here on the nursery ground at Lords to unpick a topsy-turvy final day of an already topsy-turvy series. Phil, <laughs> just how close did England get to winning that? They will, well, what, six down they were, Australia, at the end. Um, and it was a good old-fashioned finish where there's just a huddle of players in the middle distance, all, all kind of hunched over, waiting for something to, to give. And in the end, of course, two spinners bowling, a little bit of drizzle in the air, the floodlights are on. Uh, Joffre having to lurk in the background because the, the light was dipping and, and dipping quick. And they couldn't quite get it over the line. But what they will be thinking... Uh, in the backs of their minds, and overall they'll be, they'll be very chipper and very positive about this, but in the backs of their minds they'll be thinking, we put down Travis Head, uh, caught second slip, dropped at second slip by Jason Roy off Ben Stokes, and if Rory Burns had taken a screamer at the silliest of silly points uh, to get rid of Cummins, they were the two not-out batsmen at the end. Um, then there'd have been eight down with four or five overs to go, and you never know. My answer to your question is probably not that close, but if everything had gone their way, and if they'd caught the two catches that the two, the, the two chances that they dropped, uh, then they'd have, had, they'd have taken eight out of, the, out of the ten, and then you never know what might happen in the last few dying seconds. I mean, I think you're being properly pessimistic here, because, it, you know, I, I mean, speaking last night to Yaz, 
I gave England no hope today. I thought there were two results, either an Australia win or a draw. And suddenly this whole series feels a lot different. Uh, Steve Smith is, is, was out today because of concussion. Mm. Um, and the mood felt different, especially with that Stokes innings, that Bearstow partnership, and of course that whole final session. This, feels, this series feels a lot more different today than it did yesterday. Yeah, uh- Without a doubt, England will feel like they are now properly in the series and they'd have been feeling pretty down in the dumps after day one here uh, when they were bundled out for 250 on a on a pretty docile pitch um, and staring a little bit down the barrel. You know, Australia's record obviously at Laws is great. Uh, three or four truncated days of cricket down the line, um, a bit too much rain for people's liking. Uh, suddenly England will feel like they are well in this series and they will be... That they will be skipping to Leeds, uh, and Australia will be tiptoeing a little bit, I think. What we've seen in the last few days here is something quite cataclysmic, really. We've seen the emergence of um, possibly the fast bowler of, of his generation. Uh, I, would, I would go as far as that. I know it's a ludicrously short sample size, um, but what we've seen in the last two days uh, from Jofra is uh, terrifying uh, and beguiling as well. Um, I think Smith will do everything in his power to persuade Australia to let him play on Thursday at Leeds. Uh, but with this concussion, six days is the, is, is the expected time scale. Um, and this game's coming around in three and a half. So uh, although he was making proper noises about playing Smith, I can't really see it happening. Um, and England will be feeling without, without the, the, the master at number four for Australia, then, then they will be well in this series. And, and with Joffre, I mean, when he, he rattled Smith yesterday and then today, Marnus Labuschagne... Rattled con- one word for it, yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. He, Marnus Labuschagne comes in as a, as a concussion replacement. This is, this is the first time this has ever happened mm. in Test cricket. Um, and second ball, he's down. And Archer just... The, the, I, I was telling you this earlier. You know, fast bowlers are quick and we see bounces go past a, a player's head and, yeah, it looks quick, but then it goes into the, the keeper's hands and, you know, the ball comes back. But when it thuds, thuds into the helmet, then you feel the pace. Yeah, uh, th- there's nowhere nowhere to hide from Jofra. Um, I wasn't here, mercifully, I wasn't here yesterday to see the Steve Smith thing. I caught it quite late when I got in late last night. Um, it will stay with everybody who was here and it will stay with with everybody who's seen it on on tv as well it was a chilling moment um and we had a very near replica today uh thankfully labashane was struck on the bottom of the grill now if the ball had been an inch or two lower then it would have careered into a similar part of his of his anatomy uh, as 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 befell smith now thankfully it crashed into the grill and he bounced back up off the canvas like, like a punch-drunk boxer uh, whose pride is kicking in. Um, and he was insistent while simultaneously seeing butterflies in front of his face that he was okay and everybody, everybody needs to just calm down. But you could see in his eyes uh, that it was a, another heavy, heavy blow and thankfully he was okay to carry on. And I have to say, Labashane... Um, the history man, as you say, never happened before um, that, that a player who didn't start a test match ends up batting in it. Never happened before in history. I thought he was absolutely brilliant today. Courageous um, and also classy as well. I think, I think he will feature a lot more for Australia. I thought it was it was incredible that he just got up and kept playing. It was, it, he didn't go into a sort of a, a mode of survival. I mean, he kept looking at score and he, and he took his chances. 
I, I guess there, there was yeah. a couple of slight little movements to the, to leg stump, um, understandably so. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> in the immediate aftermath of what had happened, um, you wouldn't be human uh, if you, you didn't have that. He was going to cream a cover drive next ball, but, <laughs> but but he did get right in line. Did, um, yeah. After that, uh, Joffre bowled a couple of absolutely beautiful kind of late late cutting yeah, away cutters, but. Uh, then he climbed into a, a good punched-off drive and, and got himself going and made a very, very good 50. In the context of the game, a vital one as well, because he came in uh, at number four or five, maybe five. I think he came in at four. came in at four in Smith's place, OK. Yeah. But they were very quickly three down. Yeah. Uh, 40 for three in, in you know, fewer than ten overs. And, and he had to stand up because, it, you know, if, if he'd let that blow affect him and he'd... He had walked away from one and or nicked off, you know, playing a, an extravagant drive because his head's not right. Then Australia would have been in real trouble. So yeah, fair play. It's been a, it's been a three pronged story today. Jofra obviously just by just by breathing he he, he dominates the headlines. Labashain <laughs> uh, as well, astoundingly brave knock, and of course Ben Stokes got us going in the morning. Yeah, of course. So a Ben Stokes first test century in. in Two years, two years actually, yeah. yeah, which is quite an astounding stat. It is it? really, and that hundred as well, an even hundred against the West Indies uh, in that Leeds game, I think it was, with West Indies miraculously won it. But it was kind of a low-profile hundred that one, and before that hundred, I think his previous hundred to that was the hundred at the Oval against South Africa in 2016. Uh, and I was there for that one. Brilliant innings, but it felt like that innings at the end of the summer. And it was a real breakthrough summer for Stokes, and he'd, and he'd won the Ashes the summer before. It felt like it was the, the culmination of, of that, the early part of Ben Stokes' career and that he was going to dominate from here on in. It was a sumptuous innings, that game, that innings at the Oval. That's three years ago now, three years ago. And obviously there's been quite a lot of water under the bridge in the Ben Stokes story, as we know. Uh, but to see him now as dominant uh, as he's ever been in his career obviously feeding off what happened last month, feeding off what happened here at Lords last month. You're, you're now seeing Stokes fulfill that, that role that we've always sensed he's destined uh, to play. That is the best all-round cricketer in the world. And he's always got that, you know, he, last night he was, he was properly struggle, struggling against Nathan Lyon. And yet he does always manage to sort of just come through um, but today was next level because he's come through and sometimes he gets the 50 but he doesn't go on and get the three figures but then he really did just come alive in that yeah thing, you know, so you, you were here last night so he was struggling against the spinner yeah and, he was, and edge one that could have been taken right well I think it was he Nathan Lyon had him LBW mm -hmm. and had Australia reviewed he, he, he was gone wow yeah so this would have been a very very different game because <laughs> yeah. it, as you say you know not unreasonably uh it, it, all three results, I think, were still just about available. Obviously, the draw was the over overwhelming favourite this morning. But um, Australia could have undoubtedly won this game. And if Stokes had got out last night, then I fancy that they probably would have gone ahead and won this game. As it was, I thought Stokes was brilliant this morning. He was solid, but uh, not in his shell. And it was important, I think, when him and Butler came out. 100 lead, four down, 90-odd overs, 97 overs in the day. Although, of course, we lost a few, typically, to rain in the morning. They had to come out and show a bit of intent. They couldn't just just play introverted cricket because they'd have found themselves in a, in a real pickle. And Stokes came out and, and, and played it as a seasoned test match batsman should play it. And then after lunch, I thought he was brilliant. And it, the intentions were clear. He came out, he was running down the pitch to the, to the seamers. He was 
clobbering lion over mid-wicket twice in two balls, uh, careered to a, to a superb 100, and 100 from a maturing test match batsman now. Um, oddly, he was batting at six, and Butler at five in the first test. They switched it around for this second innings. Hopefully this is the way that they go from here on in. It might free Butler up to play a bit more naturally at six, and Stokes is, is the real deal now, I think, at five. Yeah, and I guess going forward into the day again, just from what we've seen in the last hour, um, a man who was, I guess, standing up for England was, was Jack Leach. And this is quite a big test match for Jack yeah. Leach, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, um, it's, you know, Moeen Ali's been dropped. Um, here's his chance in England. Yep, yep. And how, how, how do you think he bowled? How do I think he bowled? Oh, there's often an, an unreasonable uh, amount of pressure on the spinner in the fourth innings of a, of a, of a test match. Uh, they look to him to, to get it done. Now, his figures, he took three for in 14, 15 overs or so. Um, his figures are good. Uh, I would like to have seen less over the wicket to the right-hander. I just didn't understand that. I think it was just the rough outside. It was the rough, sure, but there were very few really that were ragging uh, past the outside edge. From what I've seen of Leach, I don't think he's... There's not a lot of lateral movement. There's not a lot of side spin with Leach. Um, He bowls similarly to Lyon, actually. He's a left-handed version, left-arm version of Lyon in that he gets a lot of overspin. There are... Little little deviations without anything being dramatic. He's not a rock and roll spinner, as Lion Lion isn't either. But he's very very accurate, and this is what England need unquestionably. This team, with its with its its enforcers and its mavericks and its flimsiness, they need a Gilo like spinner. They need a better version of Ashley Giles, a more incisive, potent version of Ashley Giles, but someone who can do the Ashley Giles role on days two, three and so on. I think Leach fulfills that role more obviously and naturally than Moeen does. Are we moving away from the, the age of Moeen? You know, he's someone who, who learnt on the job and has done an incredible job for England five years when you consider how he was brought into the team, having to basically learn out about offspin in test cricket. But, it, you know, this game, it's getting moved fast, doesn't it? It does, it does, as indeed does the weather. I don't know if this is going to be picked <laughs> up on the show. We are on the nursery ground and it is absolutely tipping down. Typically, after five days of rain, uh, it's rather the story, really, of the last, last week or so in London town. Um, on Mo, I don't think we've necessarily seen the last of him. I was really, really pleased to see that he's playing in this current championship game for Worcester, having had a short break last week. Um, clearly the hunger is still there uh, there's a lot of lot of cricket to be played and a lot of games to be played abroad the test championship is up and running of course there's two test matches in Sri Lanka in the new year there's games against, against New Zealand two test matches in the autumn obviously they go to South Africa uh, it may, may be that Leach becomes the premier spinner but I wouldn't necessarily say that Moeen's played his last test match by any stretch uh, Phil last word Final word on the on, on the state of the series. How do you how do you see Headingley playing out? Well, how do you see it? Well, I mean, you've, you've, you've sat through a lot of this game. I <laughs> have, yeah. Um, well, just for me, the the, the mood has shifted today. Uh, I was sat talking to Yaz here yesterday, and I felt oh, it, it, even with Smith falling to Archer, but him getting back up was symbolic. You know, it meant. Nothing nothing can go past this man. He will get back up. He will play that third test. He'll be fine. He'll score another 100. But he's he's not going to play. It doesn't, it doesn't look like he's going to play. And Jofra Archer, what we've seen in the last two days, it's, it's frightening. 
um, and Australia should be frightened. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've said it before on this show, fast bowlers, um, sometimes they emerge and they almost come fully, fully packaged. Uh, they can be an, an total obscurity at 10 o'clock on a, on a Thursday morning and the talk of world cricket by 6 o'clock. And this is what quicks do over and above any other discipline in the game. If you're a batsman and you have a good first test match, you get 100, then there's a naught round the corner. There's a, there's a blip round the corner. There's a moment when you're, you're going to be struggling and you're going to be out of the team. Everybody knows that. If you're a wicketkeeper, you're going to drop catches. If you're a spinner, you need to learn the game. One good day on a good pitch, sure, fine. It's still limited. A quick bowler, a real, real quick, can dominate the game almost overnight. And we've seen this with, with Jofra this week. Uh, it's ludicrous to think that a few people were still wondering if he, if he is proper four-day cricketer, five-day cricketer. Uh, well, I think, I think we can put that one to bed. Um, he is, as I said earlier, he is be- going to become the most important quick bowler of, of this era of cricket. I, I have no doubt about it. And the real quicks dominate Ashes series. We saw it with Mitchell Johnson a few years back. We've seen it going down the line. Jon Snow in 70-71, Frank Tyson, Harold Larwood, Jeff Thompson, Dennis Lilly. We've seen the real quicks. They, they own Ashes series. Uh, and Jofra has the ability to be that man. Um, as indeed does Patrick Cummins. I mean, it could be a shootout between the two of them. It's funny, I was here day one talking about Cummins. Talking about... What an astounding spell of fast bowling on a docile Lord's pitch it was. And then Joffre came in and kind of usurped it. <laughs> uh, it could be a shootout between the number one ranked bowler in the world and the soon-to-be most feared number one bowler in the world. It could, it could even boil down to that. Uh, certainly, the series is alive. Uh, and England will be thinking, uh, we can turn this one around. And if they do... Considering where they were after six days of, of Ashes cricket, down in the dumps here after day one, if they do switch it around, then it's right up there. It's right up there. It's up there with 05, going one down to this juggernaut and turning it around and sending them back the other way. Um, uh, Leeds looms large, I would say. Phil, you actually sound excited. Always. Mate. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm untrammeled emotion and, and enthusiasm for this great game of ours as well, you know. All right. Don't then. wind me up. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll call it there. Um, <laughs> Yaz usually does this, pretty good at it. I'm guessing you should uh, listen to this on Spotify, yeah. the podcast app, any other ones I'm iTunes, missing? iTunes, Acast. All the, uh, all the latest technology. That's uh, it, yeah. Get, get on done. it. Uh, thanks for joining us. And we'll be back, of course, for, the, for day one in a few days' time, coming daily as well from Leeds uh, and onwards and upwards. Cheers. Thanks very much, Phil. Thank you, Tom. Podcast Network.